buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 56. Today we're going to chat with Ruben Alexson from Vortex Optics. Kenny doesn't want no sissy gun. And we're going to talk about Zero Delta. Today's panel is DJ H-Bomb and I'm Ava Flav. So is everyone having a good day? I'm having a great day. Awesome <laughs> Monday. Ruben, how are you doing? Everything is going well here in Vortex land. Awesome. All right. So before we talk to you, let's talk about our sponsors, Manicore Arms. So what are we going to talk about today? So they're safety levers. They make a bunch of different safety levers for different different types of guns that make your life so much easier. They have one for the Bren 805, the Tavor. Yep, I like the Tavor one. I've got experience with that one. And the Scorpion Evo. Yep, and that one's actually my favorite because I kind of hate the safety uh, selector on the Scorpion Evo out of the box. Mm -hmm. And I always say Manticore Arms makes comfort products, and this is a perfect example. makes it better just with a very, very small part. What do those run for the Scorpion Evo? Uh, It's only $24.95. Nice. Easy install, super easy, and definitely makes it immediate improvement if you don't shoot your firearms with uh, gloves on all the time, which I don't. Yeah. And also the bullpup shoot is five days away. Can't wait. It's going to be so awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited to try out all the new guns. Uh, just, I think it's going to be a blast. If you guys, uh, if you guys are in Illinois or around the area, or if you feel like flying out, I know there's a few people that are actually flying out to come see us and, uh, and join the bullpup shoot. So I would highly recommend it. It takes place in Mount Carroll, Illinois, September 15th. It's from 9 to 5, and you get to shoot all kinds of firearms. Yep, going to be awesome. And, you know, buy some stuff and support Manicore Arms. ManicoreArms.com. Coupon code is? GunFunny15. That gets you 15% off. All right, let's get into it. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. So, Ruben, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Ruben, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get into firearms? Uh, so, I grew up in um, in the Midwest, uh, a lot of hunting and shooting uh, as a kind of my my background, you know, growing up on a farm. We had uh, we had tons of hunting opportunities. So, that, that, I guess, is really where I where I started picking up firearms, big family history of firearms, and, uh, you know, very fortunate to... Uh, be able to start competitive shooting about 10 years ago. And that really led me towards uh, where I am now, which is as a one of our product knowledge people and uh, customer engagement person here at Vortex. So, you know, I guess three gun USPSA doing a lot of uh, instruction as well uh, is, is really kind of where I am now. But like the, the history of having, you know, firearms, in uh as a part of growing up is really what you know got me where i am i did a a little bit of work in the firearms retail world for a while before coming here to vortex and um you know i I saw a lot of things that vortex did and was really attracted to how they treated their customers and and it felt like a good fit and i'm very fortunate to have been able to join the team about uh just about five years ago tell us about vortex's uh guarantee which is really impressive Okay. Yeah. Our, uh, our warranty is, uh, it's called the VIP warranty and really, you know, it takes the, the term VIP to a kind of a different meaning, which is it's, it stands for our very important promise. And that's a promise from us to our customers that, you know, really as a, as a show, a sign of appreciation to our customers for, for putting their, uh, I guess directing their buying of optics with our, uh, to our brand, you know, we're, we're going to cover them for life, uh, and, and beyond. So the VIP warranty, again, that, that promise to our customers that no matter what happens, if it's, you know, I guess really as long as it's not intentional damage, we're going to find a way to, to make that right, uh, should something ever happen. So it doesn't really matter if it's, you know, a, a garage fire or a, a plane crash or, you know, the, firearm fell off of the back of a UTV and dragged around the desert for a while. You didn't know about it. I mean, we, uh, we promised to cover that for life. So our warranty is, you know, a lot of companies have lifetime warranties. A couple of things that make, you know, our guarantee or our warranty unique would just be that 
there's no registration needed when you buy it. So as long as it has our product name on it, it's covered and the, the warranty is fully transferable. So if you decide that that optic is, is not for you or you're going to upgrade, upgrade to a different Vortex optic and you decide to sell that optic or gift it or whatever method of transferring it you would you would choose the person who now owns the optic is covered by the same warranty our warranty is also it any electronic stuff is covered for life so it doesn't really matter if it's a rangefinder, or red dot or a hunting scope that you know doesn't have any electronics in it uh every product that we make uh is covered by our warranty and uh you know i believe it or not i've even seen some hats and t-shirts come back after a while and um i think i think usually the customer is just trying to show hey look i, I wore this until it wore out and uh believe it or not we'll we'll send them a new hat or a new t-shirt dang wow that's so it is pretty cool it's the concept of once you buy it i mean you own it basically for the rest of your life which is yep. almost unheard of yeah these days yeah you know and it it's not that you know, it's not that we want to have that warranty just so we can talk about it. It's it's truly when you buy our products, you become part of the Vortex Nation, we call it. And uh, we're going to we're going to make sure that we got your back. So it's very exciting to see companies also, you know, in other parts of the outdoor industry, taking that same kind of thought process in because ultimately the end user benefits and uh, companies are driven to really serve people better. Absolutely. That's huge. How long has Vortex Optics been around? Well, we were actually started back in 1986. Dan and Margie Hamilton started out in the birding and observation market for a long time. It's kind of part of some of their hobbies and lifestyle and their, uh, their family, their four boys are all in leadership positions here at the company. And, um, really it's a, a veteran owned family operated company that set out to, again, it kind of goes back to the service, providing a level of service both to end users and to dealers. And so, after doing that for, you know, a little over 15 years, we decided to step into the, what we would call like the sport optics realm, which would be uh, rifle scopes, red dots, spotting scopes, and, and stuff that was specifically made for hunting, shooting, competition, law enforcement, tactical applications. Uh, and that was in about 2001. We really uh, stepped on that path and, and have, uh, we've seen a lot of really awesome growth and that's a huge thanks to our customers and so brings us to now uh vortex is a really a, a full line optics manufacturer and you can look at that from a couple of different ways you could look at it from you know we make uh hunting products competition products whether that be prs or f class or three gun we also make products you know in different price points so not only do we make products on different you know for different end uses we make products within those lines at different price points. So we have a, you know, a, a new scope that we came out with, the Diamondback Tactical First Focal Plane. If you're into precision rifle shooting, you'll know that a lot of those, uh, there's, there's some attributes or some features to a scope that would make that scope specifically for that or um, very usable for that application. And so we make products at, you know, a $300 price point that could be used in a long range competition. And we make products at a $3,000 price point. So, both from different end uses uh, or different applications to quality and price point within those applications. Vortex is kind of a full line manufacturer. And we, like I said before, too, we're doing, you know, spotting scopes, range finders, tripods, uh, binocular harnesses. We try and kind of be a, a one-stop shop for our customers. So awesome. So I think people get so confused by optics because you know, you go online and you're like, what do I need for an optic? And they're like, well, whatever you spent for your rifle, spend the same amount for your optic. And I think that historically that's true. And I mean, for people who want the absolute top of the line stuff that that's out there, but what about just the everyday guy, like got an AR-15, want to put an optic on it. What is the real difference between, and we'll just start with your product line because I don't want you to speak for other people, but between sure. your 300 and, and your $3,000 optics, like what is the big difference? Well, and not, not to take too far of a step back, but one thing that we've, you know, and, and not by my means at all, but, you know, the people who are in leadership here at Vortex have really seen a, a huge value in being, being really like knowledgeable about products so that when we recommend it to a customer, we're not just trying to sell a certain product. We want them ultimately to have the best product for their end use. Mm -hmm. So from my standpoint, uh, if I was talking to someone about, you know, kind of like you said, buying that, buying a product for their AR-15, AR Honor Sporting Rifle, whatever you want to label it as, 
I would, you know, I would ask questions about it, you know, qualifying questions like how much do you plan to shoot it? What level of accuracy do you intend to get out of this? Because, you know, just like there's different levels of optics, there's different levels of, of AR-15s. And I think, you know, we've seen a huge shift in um, what people's buying preferences are really like it used to be, you know, there was only, you know, a small number of companies to buy an AR-15 from. And so you're kind of locked into whatever brand you went with. That was, you know, kind of the quality that you were going to get. Well, now there's so many manufacturers that make, you know, entry-level products, high-end products. I ultimately would ask the customer, like, okay, did you buy, you know, a, a this brand, $700 AR, and you're planning to shoot it a couple times a year? Well, then let's look at something, you know, that you don't have to break the bank on and it's going to pull, it's going to bring out your full expected potential of that firearm. Or you could look at someone who shoots three gun, you know, <laughs> travels to 14 or 15 big matches a year, spends tens of thousands of dollars on travel, ammo, all of those expenses. I would look at, all right, well, you know, you're, you're obviously spending money on those things and, uh, it becomes ultra super critical that that gear works exactly when it needs to. And the number of times that they're going to be using it. I've, I have guys that are on our shooting team that, We'll put 10 to 15,000 rounds, uh, tens of 15,000 rounds through an AR-15 in a year just in practice. That's not what they go through uh, at matches. Yeah. And so it's kind of, um, you know, it's not what you don't necessarily get out of it what you put into it. But if you're looking for a more serious use product, I would direct them into something, you know, at a where the build quality is more critical, like the tolerances that we would maintain on that product are tighter versus someone who's going to be using it a couple times a year. I might, you know, get them into something else. And a lot of it too is, you know, you mentioned that, that point of uh, getting, you know, like spending the same amount on the optic as you would on the rifle, you know, Vortex, one of the products that really kind of, I would say people started paying closer attention to us in the precision world was our, our Viper PST line. Mm -hmm. And one of those things that you saw with the PST line was some features that were put into a scope that had never been seen at that price point. So the six to 24 PST first focal plane, it offered a first focal plane reticle, which is glass etched, a laser etched reticle. It was illuminated. It had exposed turrets for dialing. It had that, you know, six to 24 magnification range, um, which is really ultimately something that you would need for long range precision shooting is higher magnification, but also the option to go down to lower magnification, a 30 millimeter tube, very durable and really good glass quality. It was around a thousand dollar price point and that had never been seen. And so people, I, I almost like to look at that product as that came out when I was working retail in, in 2010. And when we saw that, it was like, okay, so now I don't have to have 2000 or $3,000 to get into that type of shooting. Mm -hmm. And really those, some of those things can be barriers to entry for people to get into, whether it be long range hunting or whether it be precision rifle shooting, or, you know, it doesn't really matter what the sport or the hunting or the activity is, is a lot of times optic was, was the barrier to entry because of price. And there's this kind of stigma that you have to spend a lot of money to get a decent optic. That's not going to break on you. And I think one thing we set out to do was to provide products at that, you know, at a price point that could get people into those events, hunts, shoots, competitions, whatever it might be without breaking the bank. And so, you know, you've seen like the Ruger precision rifle, or you've seen, um, Tika TAC A1s or you name it. There's, there's all kinds of different products out there that have come in at that price point to get people into a game or into a hunt or into a type of shooting that they want to. And, you know, that was one of the things that Vortex really, I think, and it was before I was here, but I think they did that really well. And, um, we try and continue to just give people what they're asking for rather than, um, you know, tell people what's cool or what they need or what they should like. I think we try and listen to people's suggestions and ultimately it's our job to try and find the solution for them. Definitely. So if I was going to say like, a, since we used it as an example, like a Viper PST or, uh, you know, at top of the line, the HD AMG, the Razor HD AMG, like what are the differences in those? Like where does that cost difference come from? Sure. Um, a lot of it is in the, uh, you know, the actual pro the actual materials. So if you're looking at a scope like the Viper PST Gen 2 versus like our Razer AMG, you know, there's there's differences in the raw materials. So you would look at the glass being one of those raw materials. The glass uh, in the PSTs, is a, uh, it's made in the Philippines. It's really high quality. And that product 
performs extremely well. And the, you know, glass in the AMG is made here in the U.S. And so there's um, some, some differences like that in the assembly and manufacturing processes too. You know, maybe rather than comparing the AMG, if you compared like the Razer Gen 2. So both of those products are designed for that precision type shooting, as is the AMG. But like the the Razer Gen 2 has a more robust turret system. It has a locking turret system, which is a much more intricate design. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of brass and steel inside the erector assembly, which is typically going to be more expensive than using aluminum, right? So there's there's raw material differences, which... I would say are part of it. And then there's the, the assembly and the build quality and the level of detail and attention that goes into building them. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the acceptance tolerances, tolerances. So when you're building it out, you do all these tests and you, you would hold certain products to a higher standard simply because of the optical design. You might have a certain acceptance of clarity, right? So if you were to like say, all right, we build the scope and then we look at it and then when it's getting inspected after it's all finally built up, you know, you have uh, the, you know, levels of clarity and the, you know, how many, how much uh, chromatic aberration and stuff like that the optical system has. And so I'd say that the tolerances for manufacturing are going to be tighter on not more expensive stuff. And so, and it can go into too, like how much of it is hand built, hand inspected. I think the AMGs and the Razer Gen 2s probably get inspected by, you know, four to six people. And that's after it's done built, uh, done being built, you know, so before it ever leaves the building, there's a much stricter tolerances. But a lot of it is raw materials and, you know, ultimately build quality. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that's just like something that people are like, well, what is the difference? And that is an excellent explanation of kind of what that is. And like with the glass, you know, we, we like to talk a lot at Vortex about, you know, there's, I think a lot of, there may have been like a stigma or like a, an assumption that, you know, glass from this country is good and glass from that country is not good. And that's, you know, really what we've found with glass quality is that it's more about the recipe, you know, the optical design being the recipe. If you were to think about uh, like, you know, I like watching Food Network and I would, I will watch you know, like Top Chef or like some of the shows where they're given a basket of ingredients, right? And they're expected to make this phenomenal meal out of these ingredients that you might not think go together. And so if you're looking at uh, optical design, the design of the system, the types of glass that you use, the coatings that you use, and it goes all the way to the actual when you create an op optical design, like a prescription of glass. And so you can can take a, a really really expensive steak and you can burn it right that's mm -hmm. so it's not all about like oh this glass came from this country so it's going to be the best yeah it has a lot to do with optical design dang that's awesome man you deserve yeah. a raise uh we are talking to ruben alexson from vortex optics i just want to take a quick moment to hear from our friends over at hackett equipment all right so hackett equipment ava what do they make they make range bags. They have the EDC bag and the Big Bertha. Yep. At first when I heard that name, I was like, what? But it kind of makes sense now, and I've actually gotten quite attached to it. Yeah. Actually, I prefer the EDC. It's just like it's a regular-sized backpack, but it has so many different compartments. And uh, so it organizes your stuff really well. You're not bringing multiple bags with you. You can put literally everything just in one bag. Even the regular EDC bag carries a ton. But listen, Linda – the Big Bertha has way more junk in her trunk, and I'm into that. I just can't lift that much. That's the problem. <laughs> They've actually got the rifle bag coming out, and the, which basically transforms into a shooting mat and attaches like a transformer to the what was the it? Big Bertha. The Big Bertha. Mm -hmm. So really cool stuff. And you know, you're taking your stuff to the range anyway. Why not have it organized? Like I do throw my pistols in my range bag, and I noticed a couple scratches on them, which I generally don't care. But I kind of do. But want there are a some. Way. Yeah. There are some handguns that you want to take care of. Like you have like your typical. Okay, you train with guns. You throw them around. Whatever. Yeah. And then you have some guns that are like you know a lot more expensive. Well, and I, I treat my Nighthawk custom like the Stanley Cup. You know, white gloves only. It travels in its own separate limo. That's funny. I, I've never noticed you do that. No, I didn't. It was a yeah, white guy. Because you don't take care of any of your stuff. <laughs> this is why you don't have nice things. I know. Well, Hackett Equipment. They they need to get me in check. And if someone wanted to go buy one, where would they go? How would they do it? So they all, all they have to do is go to hackettequipment.com. 
They use the code GUNFUNNY. That gets them 10% off. And that UDC bag that I'm talking about, that is $80. So yeah, pretty pretty well-priced. Go check them out, hackitequipment.com. All right, Ruben, so I have to ask, what factors go into battery life? So there's really actually not too many factors, but there are a few things that go into battery life. If we were talking, just for example, in terms of like a red dot optic, if we were talking about a slide-mounted optic, like our Viper, Venom, or Razor red dots versus, uh, you know, a tube-type optic or a, you know, what we would call like a carbine-mounted optic, something like that, like our Crossfire Red Dot or a Strike Fire 2 or a Spark AR, there, there are a few differences. Now, one of the biggest things is as you try and cram stuff into a smaller package, typically you become more restricted on the type of components that you can use. And so if we were talking about Red Dots, typically we would say like you have an LED and that LED is going to be basically encased in a small housing, that LED, then uh, the light from that LED is not a directional light. So it's not like a, a laser pointer per se. It's more just like a reflective light. And so the LED is the, the dot from that is behind a filter, which will give you the shape of the dot. And then that image is reflected off of what we would call a parabolic objective lens. Now in a tube type optic, like our crossfire red dot, that optic is completely encased. It has lens coatings on the outside windows, and it has a parabolic objective lens. Everything is encased inside of a tube, okay? So think of that as having its own little kind of sheltered area. So if you were to go into a dark room and you use a flashlight, you can use it on a fairly low setting, and it still seems pretty bright. If you were to look at a micro red dot, like a Viper red dot or a Venom red dot, typically we would have to run that at a much higher intensity simply because that whole system is exposed. There's light coming into that whole system and it's not completely enclosed within a tube. And so, so typically you would have to run a micro red dot at a much higher, basically at a higher output. So that goes into it. The types of LEDs that you can use in some of those are more or less battery efficient. Uh, and so typically what we'd see is the larger red dots, we can use a more efficient LED just because of the size. The smaller red dots are going to be kind of restricted. And that, you know, that's typically, that could change. That can change at any time. You know, we're seeing manufacturers come out with red dots that are advertising, you know, several years on battery life. And so there can be advancements in technology that would lead to higher battery life and, a lot of it, though, is also, you know, the kind of battery that you can use. If you were to look at a micro red dot, we're typically using coin batteries. So those small 2032s, 1632s, 2354s, like all of those smaller batteries are going to have a lower battery capacity, right? Lower life. And so if you see the smaller red dots, you might see like a four to six to 800 hour operating time. Well, if you look at something like our Crossfire red dot, you can see up to 8,000 hours hours of battery life on the on like the middle setting and so in the crossfire we're able to use you know a different type of battery than some of the micro red dots and then even so like our spark ar that has a great battery life and so a lot of it goes into like the size that you're trying to get all of these small electronic components into a lot of it has to do with the types of batteries that you can use and honestly it has to do with you know the amount of you know, cost of components, like, you know, some of the battery uh, optics that have, you know, that 20, 30, 50,000 hour battery life are, are very, um, very costly. And that has to do with some of the components in them. But a lot of it is the type of battery you can use, the size of the components and um, stuff like that. There's, there's some other things that I don't know about too, but uh, honestly, that probably covers the majority of it. Yeah, if you were sure. to also look at, like, uh, if you were to look at our low power variables, so the the Strike Eagle 1 to 6 and 1 to 8, the Viper PST 1 to 6, and the Razor 1 to 6. Those optics are all going to run off of that coin coin style battery, the 2032. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, using an LED that has um, uh, a fiber optic that goes into the reticle and that ultimately will, will shine back at you. And so you're, you're sending all of that light through a, a fairly long fiber optic cable. So you typically would have to run that at a little higher output. Therefore, you'd see a you know, two, 200 to 500 hour battery life on those. And so there's a lot of factors that go into it. Honestly, you're really starting to 
as you add illumination to a scope, you're adding in a lot of factors that, you know, maybe, maybe might be kind of harder to, harder to design or other, there's more to it than, than you would think. Makes a lot of sense. So I know like on the, the Spark AR red dot that I have, uh, it has auto off after 12 hours. And I don't know what my deal is, but I am like apparently completely functionally unable to turn off my optics when I am done shooting. Mm -hmm. Uh, so often I go and, and they're dead because, and this is my failure. Like, don't get me wrong, but is it just basically a cost thing that, that more of the optics don't have auto off? Uh, a lot of it has to do with the intended use and a lot of it has to do with the components you would use. You know, if you looked at something like the, the Spark AR, that's a, that optic has buttons that are activating. So there's no switches. So those are just buttons that activate power up and power off and then change intensity of the dot. So we can actually program in a, uh, you know, cause it's a digital, I basically see. a digital control. So we can program in an, an auto off. If you look at like the crossfire red dot that has a dial control. So you can't, you know, you can't really program in a, an auto off because it's a completely manual uh, adjustment. The same with like the low power variables, the strike eagles, the PST twos and the gen two razors. Those are all dial control. So once you set it on that brightness, it's going to go until that battery runs out. The auto off also look, you know, we look at the fact that if we were, we're operating, we we're always trying to maximize battery life. Like we would never limit it and say like, no, we don't want people to have more battery life. We would always try and maximize battery life. And so if we were looking at that, like, you know, the, the venom red dot, for example, has either a 12 or 14 hour shut off. You'd have to forgive me for not knowing that off the top of my head, but let's just say it's a 12 hour auto shut off. We would know that if that were ever used in a law enforcement application, that's going to be about a the the length of a shift. Yep. You would also know if it was used just person going to the range, you know, twelve hour day, maybe they maybe they would be there longer. And the auto shutoffs always reset the timer every time you touch one of the buttons. Mm-hmm. And so typically, you know, we would say, all right, like if in case people forget to shut it off, we would want to help them conserve battery life because you could typically, you know, you would definitely run the battery out if you shoot that gun once a month and just leave it on. Um, You know, you could potentially run out of battery a lot more than you want to. Definitely. Excellent answer on that. Let me Mm -hmm. ask you just a quick product question. Like what the hell's the difference between the Venom and the Viper? I have both. I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. Sure. Yeah. So the Viper doesn't have an auto shut off. Um, And the truth is that when we developed those two optics, I was, I was here at Vortex. Like I have some, you know, the, the engineer and product team will, will sometimes, you know, kind of run ideas by the guys out in the field shooting. I'm one of those guys. And so I've, when, when we developed the Viper and the Venom, I know that something that came up was, well, the Viper has, uh, typically it's lower profile. The Venom sits about 1.3 millimeters higher than the Viper. And so when we look at that, we think, okay, the Venom, we want to build that auto shut off in, uh, because it's, we wanted one of those to have auto shut off and one to not. And so looking at like the venom, our intention of that optic or sorry, the Viper, our intention of that optic was to be kind of a slide ride dot. So, um, we're seeing a lot of, you know, guns coming out, M and P core, the Glock MOS, you have the, the new, um, 509 from FN, you know, optic, uh, ready pistols and so we're seeing that be a huge thing right now you know it's a it's a really good way for people to get into pistol shooting and not have to learn too much about iron sights you know that iron sight learning curve can be a long one and so that viper was designed to sit as low as possible so that it can co-witness with more iron sights really than than actually a lot of optics on the market and so the Viper sits lower. And so there's, because of that, there's not as much room in that optic for that control panel to be larger. And every time you add in a feature or a, something like auto shut off, you know, you need another control panel, another board, another processor inside the optic. And so that's one of the reasons why the Viper doesn't have it. The Viper also has a bottom mount battery tray so that yeah. um, when you mount it to your gun, you put the battery in and it, it allows it to sit lower because that co-witnessing of iron sights is very important. Now, now there's a hundred different options for different height, suppressor height or optics co-witnessing sights for pistols. And so, you know, it's not as critical, but at the time it was developed, you know, it was like, here's the standard suppressor height sights and here's the standard normal, normal uh, iron sights. And so, you know, that Viper, 
uh, intended for a lot of people to kind of do that carry optics type of thing, right? Yeah. So knowing that that might be on someone's concealed carry pistol, we didn't want to have them draw it when they need it and have the dot not be there. So that Viper is you power it up when you when you holster it and it's going to be on. And you might have to change the battery a little bit more, but you know when we're talking concealed carry stuff, we're you know we're cycling out old ammo. We're making sure that we're always being super super cognizant of our gun, the condition, how clean it is, making sure that we practice with it. And so we figured you know people are going to change that battery out if they're carrying it every day. They're going to change that battery out because if your life depends on it, you need to have a dot. And so. The auto shut off was something that, you know, that's not on the Viper, but the Venom is, uh, we're seeing that one. That one has a three MOA dot and a six MOA dot. And mm-hmm. so there's, you know, you see a lot of people mounting those to 22 pistols. A lot of them, again, a lot of them on like the Glock MOS is the slide ride optic or slide ride pistols, but that Venom has, it does have a top mount battery. And so because of that added height, we have a little bit extra room in the what we would call the engine compartment to to add some features, and the auto shut off is one of them. Love it, Ruben. You actually you also forgot to mention that the Venom is a dollar more. <laughs> Just letting you know. Well, I didn't want yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. Well, That's, next time if kind of if we're comparing, spot. you know, apples to apples, it's I think it's important right. to, to add that. <laughs> it also does have an it also does have an auto brightness feature. So it not only has an auto shut off, it has an auto brightness feature. So if you are using it uh especially in like a concealed carry application, you know the brightness of a dot inside of a building is gonna be different than you would have the dot in yeah. in bright, you know, outdoor conditions. And so that auto brightness feature allows that dot to be at whatever the ambient conditions need it to be. Nice. All right, so I want to I want to know like what is your favorite Vortex product? When I started really getting into Vortex and this is, you know, going back almost 10 years, I was starting to do a lot of competitive shooting and I was getting in looking for a rifle scope. So the first Vortex product I ever bought was a PST Gen 1 1 to 4. That optic went with me to a ton of matches and a ton of training classes that I took. And when the Razer HD Gen 2 1 to 6 came out, that product was so different than all other low power variables because it has just this crisp, super bright dot. They're absolutely bomb proof. You can put them through anything. And the field of view is unlike any optic I had experienced at that time. Due to the optical design, due to the design of the eyepiece and some, some contouring of some components of the scope, the 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 optic really disappears. You just get that field of view, that really wide field of view, and just a very thin ring around your field of view. And so you don't have tunneling. You don't have that kind of that scope shadow when you move around. It has a very forgiving eye box behind it. And so for that, you know, the Razer Gen 2 1 to 6 is one of my favorite products that we make. That being said, I'm a huge fan of a lot of our hunting-focused products. I think that Vortex has really you know, tried to listen to what people are asking for. And hunters are one of those groups that we've really seen kind of embrace our culture. And they, they're very, uh, they're very happy to provide input too. And so I love a lot of our hunting products. The Viper HS two and a half to 10 by 44 is one of my favorite. And in about the last year and a half, I was fortunate enough to be involved a little bit on our AMG UH1 holographic project. And so that, you know, that holographic site technology is one that we had not done before. And it was, it was really, really exciting to be a part of that. And the UH1s are, you know, out in the wild now and people are having great success with them. So we're really, really fortunate to have such an awesome product development team in the engineering kind of crew that you know, take input from our end users and ultimately deliver products to people. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of products. It's hard to pick a favorite, right? But at yeah. the same time, I, I find myself using a lot of those products more than any other products. And so you kind of, you kind of develop some of those tendencies to have preference. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Cause I was like, I wouldn't consider myself a, a Vortex fanboy, but then I'm thinking to myself, like, what Vortex products do I have? And I've got a Spark AR. I've got the Viper and the Venom Red Dots. I've got two Strike Fires. I've got a Strike Eagle. And I think there's even a couple more that I'm forgetting that I have. Apparently, okay, I, apparently I am bragging. a fanboy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was thinking, well, what do I have? You have a Strike Fire. And I think I have a Spark. And you have a Spark. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, it's funny just cause, you know, I buy, I buy stuff generally that I'm used to and that I, that I like. And once I get with something like that's just kind of what I stick with. And it really, when I think about it, I have more vortex optics than any other thing. And it's totally not on purpose. It's just the price was right. I knew that I could rely on the quality, which brings me to my next question. Like, obviously you talked about your warranty and how impressive that is, but like for people like me, like I don't identify with, with vortex, but here I am with the, probably 10 or more of your optics just because that's, that's what I bought. How has Vortex's reputation in the industry become like that? How has it become, you know, when I think of optics these days, honestly, I think a lot of Vortex and you guys have become the Kleenex of the optics business. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, and it's really hard to, it's really hard to know, you know, what has grown Vortex and what has been the, the reason that customers have been so good to us. Like we're, we're just so fortunate to have awesome customers. And, um, the, the warranty is definitely a big part of that. You know, one of the, one of the things that I saw was when I was working retail, um, Vortex made it really easy for their dealers to get information on products. And again, sound, I don't want to sound like we're you know tooting our own horn or anything, but you know, just to kind of give a glimpse into it, like if you're a Vortex dealer, you can call Vortex directly. We have a direct dealer relationship, so we don't sell through any distribution. So our dealers are able to call in, talk to someone at Vortex to take an order or to get product recommendations. I personally, I work in the dealer sales department. And so my job with Vortex right now on a day-to-day basis, and my job has changed before here, depending upon you know where I'm needed. But you know my job right now is to work with our dealers to increase product knowledge. And so we'd love to be able to talk to every single one of our customers that buys one of our products. But since our product is sold, you know, through retailers like Shields and Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops and Sport Optics and you name it, right? So those are the people that are talking to our customers. And so we've really, we've, we've honestly really tried to, as we do the VIP experience that the very important promise to our customers as we try and do that for our customers, our end users, we also try and give a really good experience to our dealers uh, because they're our feet on the ground. They're the people who are selling our optics. And so, you know, that's another part of it is really providing our retailers with the same experience that the end user gets if they call Vortex and have a question. And so there's that. I mean, we, uh, we're just regular people. I think that's one of the biggest things is, Vortex is made up of people who hunt, who shoot, who are active in competition. We have a lot of veterans, which we're very fortunate to have um, veterans. We have, you know, some some LEOs that actually work for Vortex in our training team, running the running the range. So, I think Vortex is a company kind of of the people for the people, you know. And so that's one of the things that I think is is cool. And and I noticed long before I worked here was that the people are kind of what makes it what it is. But the other thing, you know, is, is listening to people and when they provide input, you know, listening to a customer who says, you know, it would be a really cool idea for a reticle or a really cool idea for a product, you know, keep your, we've, we've always paid attention to what customers are asking us for. And I don't, I don't see that going anywhere. And so I think when a customer feels like they gave input to a company, you know, and Vortex is getting to, you know, a lot of people know about us. I would never, I would never say everybody knows about Vortex, but I think a lot of people know about us. I think, like you said, we kind of, you know, have a, a unique place uh, where we are. And so when, when uh, someone gives a, a product suggestion or recommendation to a company and that company listens, I think it gives them, you know, a pretty cool, cool experience. I mean, you know, not a lot of companies are like that. Definitely. Go ahead, Ava. Oh no! Well, I was just going to ask, like, how do you determine which events get sponsored? Yeah, so that I mean, part of you know what I do here is I work with our kind of our sponsorship stuff for competitive shooting and some donations on, uh, you know, really on like the if there's if you would say like charity or like working with organizations that are doing good work for people who uh, who need it. We look at. Well, at least from the competition side, I look at the event. Uh, I look at who's, you know, running the event. I look at, are we going to be able to have some Vortex brand ambassadors there to be a presence? I don't just want to send stuff and be like, all right, here's a donation. Don't talk to me anymore. I want to be involved. <laughs> I want to make sure that we have people on the ground that can represent Vortex so that 
if we're there, I think the customers that are at that event would, they, they like interacting with, with people that are manufacturers and in, in the gun industry. And so, uh, we, we love being with our customers. And so if I can be there or if one of our brand ambassadors can be there, you know, that really helps. But ultimately the donations, the stuff that we do for matches, the support, stuff like that, we're doing that as a, as a thank you to our customers. So I'm not, I'm not always looking at it from the standpoint of like, what kind of return do we get? We, we do it as a thank you for people who have really helped support Vortex and really they are, they are Vortex. Like our customers are the Vortex nation. So awesome, man. All right. I've got, I've got a question. It's going to be difficult, but oh. it comes to us from our Patreons. And, uh, it's the Razor Gen 2 1 to 6 is one of the greatest LPVOS on the market right now. Why do they only offer it in that bronze color that matches approximately 0% of people's rifles? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's a good question. I, luckily, I actually do have an answer for you on that <laughs> one. Nice. Now, one of the, one of the things looking at like the Razor Gen 2, uh, series of rifle scopes, you know, they're hard use optic. They're made with, they're made to be very durable, made to be pushed in every manner to perform no matter what hands down that optic needs to perform. And, you know, there's some in use with some, some pretty legitimate, what I would call trigger pullers right now. And when we were developing it, we were looking at every aspect of it, how we could improve it for the fort, right? So listening to customer feedback on, on different optics, listening to, you know, military law enforcement units and, and experiences they have had with previous optics. Okay. So one of the things that you'll see about the razors and you'll know this, uh, anybody listening will know you'll, you'll see the razors, the razor gen one, the gen twos, they're in a kind of a, a bronze ish color and it's called stealth shadow. Now it's an anodized process. I believe it's a type two anodizing. So it's uh, not what you would call like a hard code anodizing, but it's still very, very, durable, uh, rugged as far as the, the coating goes. And, uh, we do get a lot of people that say, why didn't, why isn't it black? Okay. So when we were doing testing on different colors, um, visibility in low light, visibility in moonlight and visibility in, uh, under flashlight. Okay. Those, those types of things are all so artificial light. I shouldn't said flashlight, but artificial light, those types of things are all aspects that you take into when we design a product. The stealth shadow anodizing that is actually has more visibility and a lower reflectivity than flat black, than matte black, and especially than like a gloss black in those low light conditions. So a black coating can actually prov- provide or it can actually make an outline, whereas a gray or like a bronze color like the stealth shadow anodizing does not have any outline in those low light conditions. You've seen other companies follow up with similar types of coatings. Geisley has their super precision series of products that are in their, you know, forgive me, I don't know their their terminology for what that color is called, but they have a very similar color to the razors. You're seeing a lot of companies manufacturer, even now some other scope manufacturers using similar color profiles, but it's the visibility and reflectivity in low and artificial light and moonlight is why we do it. Why, why we do that optic, that color. If we were to add a black, I'm not saying it will never happen, but wow, you know, we have more customers tell us that they like it than tell us they don't like it. And so kind of listening to the customers on that side of things, um, really, you know, trying to give people the, the best product for their use. Personally, it's my favorite color of like any optic ever, but I would have never guessed that that was the reason. Though. I know. I was just like, because it's cool. Shut up. Huh? Yeah. No, it's, it's not just to be different. There's I'm a like, it's like the it. Louis Vuittons, like, you know, <laughs> it's just their mark. <laughs> That's so awesome. So yeah, if you look at, uh, if you look at, like I said, some of the other manufacturers in the firearms industry are starting to use colors very similar to that and reflectivity and visibility and low light is really the reason why. And, you know, honestly, I saw that, that Cerakote, the actual branded Cerakote, they provide razor bronze now. So it's kind of cool. Wow. So Interesting. awesome. What is, uh, what's coming up in the future? Like what, uh, any cool stuff that you guys are working on? You know, what, what is the future of Vortex? Well, always trying to listen to what our customers are asking for. You know, that goes both for end users and our retailers. We're, we're definitely always working on new and exciting products. You know, we get a lot of requests 
We get a lot of requests for different scope magnifications, for different reticle designs, for uh, different people want different rangefinder technologies. They want all kinds of these things. And so we always try and pay very close attention to what people are asking for and uh, work to provide them with products that fill those needs. And so, you know, while I can't specifically go into new products, I mean, that are coming out in the future, I can, you know, we just released the Diamondback Tactical First Focal Planes. That scope is offered in a 4 to 16 and a 6 to 24. Has a very, very usable, dynamic, what I would call a technical reticle. So our EBR 2C reticle in MOA or Mills. It's uh, got parallax that dials down to, I believe, 15 or 20 yards. So that's a huge thing for people doing rimfire competitions. Uh, honestly, that scope is a very capable optic. We had some teams running them out at the long range match we did in Wyoming last month, the Vortex Extreme. And so the, uh, you know, Diamondback Tactical First Focal Plane, much like when I kind of explained the PST Gen 1 6 to 24, it brought a lot of features to that price point. The Diamondback Tactical has a few less features. It doesn't have an illuminated reticle. It doesn't have a zero stop system, but it has a lot of the same features that the Viper PST brought to the market, allowing a lot of people to get into that precision shooting at a lower price point. And the Diamondback Tactical does it at, I believe, under $300. And so those were just released about three weeks ago, and they have been doing extremely well in terms of, you know, customer feedback. And so that's it. That's really exciting. You know, I know keep your eyes and eyes and ears peeled. Typically some, some shot show stuff coming out here, hopefully this year. So we'll get, as we get closer to that, pay attention to Vortex social media, the Vortex Nation, uh, Instagram, stuff like that. So, so awesome. And, uh, so people can find Instagram, Facebook, vortexoptics.com and uh you're also a competition shooter do you have some social media stuff where you post stuff yeah um my personal page is vortex underscore rube r-e-u-b but i think the really exciting stuff happens on on vortex uh vortex optics instagram you know i know the guys up in social media department do a phenomenal job interacting with people online so if you if you uh type us a message send us a dm anything like that you're going to get an answer like quickly and it's going to be a person who hunts shoots is in the outdoors like knowledgeable on product it's not not somebody reading off of a some sort of cheat code page or something these are people who who are out and about with our customers out in the field you got jameson and jimmy and eric and ryan they're out in the field and they're you know super knowledgeable guys so check out those like i said i'm i'm at uh, vortex rube on instagram so uh, that's just kind of my my personal like diary of me traveling around the country. So Very awesome, nice. man. Thanks so much for being with us. You're going to stick around for a bit and just hang out with us for the rest yeah, of the show. Absolutely. Very awesome. cool. Check out vortex and Ava. Yes. Who are we talking about? Matador arms. What? So I got the sidewinder in. Yeah. And you were sitting around and all of a sudden it came to you that, hey, we have a product that it'll fit on. I was like, wait, do you, do you remember? Like I was just literally sitting at my desk typing and suddenly I, I like just stopped typing. Yeah. Like you felt a <laughs> calling or something. Yeah. It was like the force called me or something. You put it on your X-Tar X or EXP. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, it's a five, five, six, basically just a polymer light thing that shoots fireballs and flames and it's a pistol. And, uh, so I've got, I actually have a 3D printed, adapter that allows me to put a brace and a buffer tube on it, which is pretty awesome. But then I was like, oh crap, this will work on that. And it, it literally is like, it's one of those guns that I would never. You wouldn't think of. No, you, I just wouldn't buy, but it's just so much fun to shoot. Oh yeah. It and was a blast to shoot. <laughs> Threw the sidewinder on it and it's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So sidewinder, it won't fit. It will, it'll fit, but it won't, it's not made for your ARs. No, it's made for other uh, stuff that fits the AR profile buffer tube. But obviously doesn't have a bolt that comes back into the buffer. So. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm going to need that back because I, I have to put on my AK. Negatory. Yeah, sorry. Negatory. Uh, anyway, I love it. How much do those run? Uh, they're only $149.99. For a folding stock adapter. Love that. And if you use the code GUNFUNNY10, you'll get 10% off. That's at matadorarms.com. And they sponsor our prank calls. Oh, here we go. It's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! 
firearms. Hey, Dave. My name's Kenny. I was uh, calling real quick because I, I, I want to pick up a new handgun, new handgun, new handgun, new handgun, new handgun. What the? New <laughs> handgun. I'm just trying to figure out what caliber I want. Um, what kind of calibers do you shoot, Dale? What kind of what kind you got in the store? Well, we got all kinds of calibers. I, I can't really decide the caliber for you. Well, so here's the thing is that normally I shoot to 45, but kind of on the internet, it was trash and I'm saying they're not needed anymore, but I want something bigger than a 45 because I don't want any of them sissy guns, 389 millimeter, any of that stuff. I just, I want something manly. I want something I can mess some stuff up, stuff up with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what, what you got there? Uh, I don't have anything over 45. Nothing over 45? No. <laughs> huh. Well, what, what would you recommend then? Uh, I would recommend get, just do some research and get whatever you like. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I really can't decide that for you. It's a very what, personal decision. What, what caliber is there over forty-five? Fifty. 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 What? Like a rifle? No, fifty. Uh, there's a fifty pistol. A fifty pistol? <laughs> yeah. Dang, that sounds pretty good. Uh, where, you give me one of them. Uh, you can look on our website, <laughs> and you'll see different ones to choose from. On uh, okay, and let me ask you this: Have you shot that there fifty pistol? Cause that sounds no. pretty good to me. That sounds very manly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, how do you got them? You say I look on a website, like I can't come yeah, in go and go to hold our website, com, and you'll see different choices on there. Yeah. But uh, so I mean, I want to hold it. Help, sir? Yeah. I do. I, I'm looking for a gun with a bigger caliber. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I want to hold it. So you got it in the store there. So how, no, I don't. You order it in, I come in and hold it. And then if I don't like it, we order another one, right? No. What? I'm just, I would go to, uh, somebody who has, I'm a little bitty store. I have like three guns in stock. Uh-huh. I would go to a bigger store where they have like a million guns in stock and, and that way they'll have probably something you like you can touch and hold and feel. Where they got a million guns in stock at? I don't know. You have to look, call uh, around. Uh-huh. What, what three guns you got there? I got, uh, a 22, no. a 25, no. and a 32. No. <laughs> That's not going to do it for me. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate right. it. Uh, I'll come in and I'll hold that 50. We'll, we'll check it out. I'll get it. He, <laughs> he hung, hung up. up on me. He wanted to hang up on me like two seconds into the call. I think. Yeah. What's funny, though, is like on his website, it doesn't show that he only has three guns. Like it looked like he had a legit store. I know. <laughs> and I love how he names like the smallest calibers. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyway, that, that was fun. Are, are you impressed, Ruben? That was, uh, I'm all, I was, he, I was hoping he left. Be more upset or something. No. <laughs> no. So none of everybody that we prank call, nobody gets upset because no. the fire ministry, they really are nice people. They really are. It, like, and really good customer service. Now they don't know the four rules of gun safety very well, but everyone is so freaking nice. Even when like we purposely, we never get mean or insulting or anything like that, but they put up with our ridiculousness mm-hmm. so much. They definitely have patience. Yeah. I, I guess I thought you were going to go and like tell him what was up. <laughs> no, I just wanted him to like, tell me. Like tell him that it was a prank call. <laughs> no, 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 we never do that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we just let him think. <laughs> uh, that's why we block everything out and we actually change the tone of their voice as well. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So it's uh, it's gear chat time. No. After we talk about Polymer 80. See, I, I had that all under control-ish. All right. So Polymer 80. Yeah. So uh, I noticed that they have barrels. They have blemish barrels on their website right now. So I asked Alex, who is our contact at Polymer 80, I was like, yo, Alex, what's the deal with the, the blemished barrels? And he said that, I mean, they have like a minor scratch or something, something that is not going to affect anything to do with, you know, how the barrel operates. And they have them for like as low as like fluted barrels, $125. Plus, on top of that, you could use the code GUNFUNNY, and that gets you 10% off. They're becoming a one-stop shop for a BYO, build your own pistol. No, your own polymer. BYOP. Yeah. Build your own polymer. (laughs) Trademark, GUNFUNNY. (laughs) (laughs) So if you guys go to polymer80.com, you could see all of their products, but you could also see those barrels. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. I'm sure just, you know, they have quite a few here and there and once they sell out they're no longer going to have them on their website so i would say uh quickly get on that because it's a really good deal yeah definitely check it out polymer80.com discussing popular guns and gear love it hate it find out now All right, Ruben. So I'm really glad that we have you on this show because I recently got these uh, zero delta mounts. 
Is that what you would call them? I, I yeah. honestly, I have no, I don't have any knowledge of these. Zero delta optic mounts. I mean, so because I have so many vortex optics, I have tons of optic mounts. And zero delta, I guess one of the cool things is, is, uh, it's even in the name really is that their return to zero is guaranteed and they have a lot of different features of it, like more attachment points. Uh, and a pretty dang good QD system as well. A lot of them have those little levers that you kind of twist and then they've got the little trigger that you pull and pull that out. These have a button system and I, I put these on the rifle. I don't have experience with these specifically, but I do have tons of optic mounts and their guarantee of return to zero is pretty awesome. Now, Ruben, are you familiar with zero Delta at all? Yeah, I've actually been able to test their products a little bit. What do you think? Uh, I've had really good experiences with them. Their their return to zero is is definitely you know it's kind of what they they hang their hat on and it it works. Yeah, they they seem solid and well manufactured. Why is return to zero important for just like the average everyday person? Well, if you look at kind of the you know if we were talking specifically about mounting stuff to like a Picatinny rail, AR fifteen receiver, AR ten receiver. And a lot of precision rifles now using a uh, Picatinny base for a scope mounting system. The advent of quick release mounts, you know, with LaRue American Defense, got a ton of companies that make quick release mounts. Well, well, quick release mounts are quick release mounts. They're for quickly taking the scope off when, when you need to get it off. If there was ever a catastrophic failure with an optic, you would want to get it off and, you know, maybe deploy like a set of backup iron sights, something like that. Right. And so, Quick release is kind of in the name. I always, whenever I'm talking to people about quick release mounts, I always make sure that I say, okay, this is a quick release mount. It's not a quick attach mount. Now, you can have a good experience, good luck, you know, taking a scope on a quick release mount and mounting it to a gun. You you would always want to, you know, make sure that you check zero, you know, to confirm that it did maintain zero. But a lot of quick release mounts, they're intended for for getting the optic off of the gun quickly. You know, I think I don't think I would be upsetting anyone by saying that. Now, that being said, you can take mounts from American Defense, you can take mounts from all different companies, Zero Delta, attach them back to the gun and tighten them down and as long as you have a consistent torque that you're tightening them down to, uh you would see a return to zero. Now, one unique thing I think with zero delta mounts that I've seen, you know, and this is just speaking from having used them before, they have very little movement on the receiver. So I think the, they're what you would call like the recoil lug in the mount is actually, it's a lot larger than a lot of other mounts. And so that it fills that gap, that, that cross slot in the Picatinny rail yeah. a lot tighter than a lot of mounts. And so it gives you that consistent mounting position. And, you know, we, we sell our own mounts. We have, a couple of different companies that manufacture mounts for us. Just speaking from an optics perspective, from somebody who works in the optics world, I've had good experiences with them, and I think that the their mechanism does work as advertised. And so, I think that uh, of any mounts, high quality mounts, you know, you could you could anticipate mounting that scope back up and having that return to zero capability. What would you say determines the price? Because I've seen a, a bunch of different types of price points on these. And like, I, I don't really see just by handling it what the quality of it, like I haven't seen the quality vary among price points. Yeah. So a lot of it goes to the, what I would call like the, di- the inner diameter of the, the rings and the cradle. So you have kind of like a, you have a, channel that's cut through the mount and that would be like what what i would call like the cradle and then you have the ring caps the ring caps will mount over the scope and hold them onto the cradle so if you were to look at the the best mounts on the market if it's advertised as a 30 millimeter mount for a 30 millimeter diameter tube that inner diameter is going to be very close to 30 millimeters it's going to hold the scope very tightly it's not going to allow for a lot of wiggle room in there because if the rings aren't manufactured to the right diameter that means in order to hold that scope in place, you're going to need to tighten the screws or the bolts tighter than they were intended to be tightened. What then will happen is you'll have the rings conforming to the tube, and you really don't want that. You don't want any flex in the rings. Now, 
there might be people that say, no, you make the ring so that they do flex around the scope tube. But ultimately, you want that inner diameter. If it's a 30 millimeter scope mount, you want it very, very close to that 30 millimeters. I think what you'll see also is you see, you know, some of the cost coming from the, the mounting mechanism from the how it actually bolts to the rail. And that's a very important part because it's like connecting that very important piece, the scope, yep. to a, another very important piece, the rifle. And I think everyone has a different method. And I, like I said, my experiences with the zero delta mounts are that they are they work as advertised and uh, I've seen very good durability. And the AR style mount is about 279 bucks. So definitely paying for, for some of uh, some of what he just talked about for sure on these. So they they are definitely, they, they look cool. We'll test them. We'll test them out for us. Quick detach. It makes sense because you know, optics are like a finite resource and we're always constantly building and putting new guns all over the place. So mm-hmm. being able to, uh, you know, s- swap it, put it on something real quick and then get it back to its original gun and have it still zeroed, I think is pretty dang important. Absolutely. If you guys want to check these out, go to zero delta and that's Z R O delta dot com. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's move into some iTunes reviews. Take it away, Sean. My turn to read? It's always your turn. Dang it. Okay, let me get ready. Cody Pace recommended. It's a pretty good show. Sean is funny. Ava tries. Oh, I like this guy. Ava tries. Balthazar is uncomfortable. Good guests. Cool discounts. If you send the money, they send back cards full of glitter. You've been warned. Yeah, it makes me want to send him more glitter. (laughs) Yeah, you just tried to be funny. Didn't work. Okay. Nathan Mortensen recommended. If you're looking for a show about unicorns and flowers, well, this show isn't for you. But I mean, we talk about unicorns an awful lot. On that, that's show. why he says, "Wait a minute." Oh, wait a minute. If they do talk about, sa- oh, uh, they do talk about saving the fat unicorn. But for real though, this podcast will always keep you on your toes. It's filled with comedy, great guests, and information about some amazing products. Plus, not to mention the hosts are some pretty kick-ass, genuine people. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Cody Pace, you win. This no, he week. doesn't. No, what? he doesn't win. We're not. Okay, he's gonna badmouth me, say I try, and we're gonna pick him as the winner. No, he said, "Bless your heart, you you try. That's great. He's the winner. He's not the winner. I totally, think the Nathan's winner. gonna be the winner. Nathan, who? Nathan's actually he won our handguard giveaway. Exactly. That's why Cody needs to win the sticker. Okay, well, I'm putting glitter in there. That's All right. for sure. <laughs> that's fair. So yeah, Cody, you've been warned. Be careful when you open up our package coming to you. All right, that'll that'll do. <laughs> All right. It is time to start wrapping this up. All right, guys. So you can find us at gunfunny.com. We have links to everything. We also have a store where you could buy t-shirts, mugs, patches, stickers, you name it. We have it there. Think about becoming a patron. If you enjoy the show and you want to donate to the show and help support it, go to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. We recently (laughs) just reached 55 patrons, which means we give away, we are giving away a HD target. Uh, you'll see a pack of targets. Yeah, hundred a hundred targets in a pack. Uh, it retails for like ninety dollars. And so, if you look back on our Facebook page, we announced the winner for that. We're gonna give away something else. I just haven't decided yet. All right, cool. I can't wait to see what you come up with. But yeah, check us out everywhere. Download the podcast on iTunes, Android, any of that stuff. And seriously, if you appreciate the show, your Patreon support actually helps us improve the show. So we hired an editor, Kenny Ortega. And doing a fantastic job. And we couldn't have done that without our supporters from Patreon. So thank you very much for that. Now, uh, we have $25 Patreons. Who are they? All right. So $25 Patreons are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, and Charger Arms. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, why is Charger Arms in the $25 Patreon now? Because he got dethroned. Yeah, he did. Dang it. Two-way jewels is our new, our new king of the Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, super excited about that. Thank you, two-way jewels. We are, we, we actually just came up with some t-shirts and we'll be sending one to Adam and now one to two-way jewels. So you can become king of the Patreons. And I think well, I want to introduce two-way jewels. Yeah, let's do So I know that they're only allowed like a one-liner, but so I personally, I, I, they make jewelry, really nice jewelry. Actually, I have pretty much. I think like all of their necklaces. So if you guys ever look at my Instagram, you'll see normally I'm, I'm sporting a uh, two way jewel necklace. Yeah. So I was humble bragging about Vortex Optics. Now you're humble bragging about two way jewels. I just, I honestly really like their stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so well made and, um, it just kind of most of their stuff's like tiny, kind of like that small little, like I like delicate little mm-hmm. 
All right, get a room. Wrap it's it up. It's just, it's so pretty. And then on the back, it always has like a little diamond at the six o'clock just to remind you to check your six. No, that's it's pretty cool. pretty awesome. All right. Yeah. Patreon.com slash gunfunny. You can dethrone 2A jewels. And uh, thank you so much to our former king, Adam. And uh, yeah, let's do that. Ruben, man, it was awesome talking to you. Like, honestly, Vortex should just give you a raise. Extremely knowledgeable. We have a lot of people who work for companies come on this show, but not all of them not only have a grasp of what the company is, why the company is, why people like the company, but you have such a detailed, in-depth knowledge of the product as well that it was a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you so much for having us on. I, you know, I sincerely appreciate you, Ava, and, you know, the business that you've obviously given to our company by, by buying our products. And so I'm glad that I was able to, to add something here today. And I, um, you know, just ultimately the end message from Vortex is thank you to everyone who supports us and give us a call. Just, uh, it's always fun to chat with people. So even if you're just, if, if you're not even in the optics for to to buy uh bleh, if you're not in the market to buy a new optic give us a call but thank you guys for having us on today sincerely appreciate it and we'll hope to see you on the range sometime can we just give you a call maybe to prank call you <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny you know what that guy was so polite i'm so impressed at that guy that you they're guys all call. they're all polite i, I mean actually that guy you could tell was kind of losing his patience People are usually a little bit more polite than that. <laughs> and even, but oh, I'm, I'm impressed. That was funny. It is so awesome. All right, guys. We'll be back with some more prank calls, more guests, and another show next week. We will talk to you soon. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. 